Hello friends and welcome to the Revival Fires podcast. This is part two of a powerful series by Trevor Baker called The Way Ahead. And you are listening to Overcoming Bondages and Bandages in Your Life. We would love to host you at one of our meetings on a Sunday morning here in Dudley. Why don't you visit our website to find out all the details and come along at 10.30 a.m. God bless you. But it is, it's so good to be together, isn't it? And, um, you know, I, I just look at the sort of anomalies that go on in terms of what we are going through. And, um, you know, here we are sitting with our masks on. And yet I noticed yesterday that they were playing snooker and nobody had their masks on. And it's just crazy the different settings that you go into. And I would say that, <clears throat> you know, church is the safest place to be. Did you know that? I mean, they say that most people die in their homes. The next is, the second uh, one down, is hospitals. And uh, the next is on the roads. And um, do you know the place where the least people die is in church? I mean, I've always thought it was a good place to come. You know, but how many people have you seen die in churches? You know, one, you know, and, and so, you know, I want you to know this morning that this is a safe place. Hallelujah. And, uh, but, but I really do. I really do believe that God has got something for you this morning. If you're watching online, God's got something for you as you're watching in. You know, last week I was talking about the way ahead. How has your way been this week? You know, I was talking about the way ahead and we looked at baggage. We looked at the things that weigh us down. And, um, and this morning I'm going to talk to, you, talk to you about bandages. The things that tie us up. You know, so often we have things that tie us up. And, and so I want us to really focus in on how we can release ourselves from the things that tie us up. You know, there comes a time in our lives, whether you're here this morning, whether you're watching, whether you're going to be watching later, there are times in our life when we are directed to a pathway that we have never been down before. And I believe that this morning, this is one of those pathways. God has brought you here this morning in order for you to have a glimpse at what's ahead of you. And, um, you know, I really want to look at and focus in this morning from John chapter 11. I was looking for people who were bound up with bandages. I didn't find anyone better than Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was pretty much tied up. And, um, you know, the story in John chapter 11. And listen, when I talk about from the Bible a story, I'm meaning a life experience. These aren't just some stories that were put together so that we might read them and have a feel-good factor. These are life 
experiences. And so here, you know, I want you to know that, see, the story is this. I'm not going to go in. We haven't got all the time um, to go into it all. But I, I am going to bring up things from this morning, this week of life in the spirit. And, and so I should be picking out from this morning and using the rest of the week to help you look at the way ahead that you may have never been down before. And so here, the delay, see what happened, Lazarus was sick, so they sent a message to Jesus, who was about 30 miles away. And they asked him to come because his friend Lazarus was sick. The first thing that we see is that Jesus delayed his coming. And he delayed coming for four days. I mean, four days, that's a long time when somebody is sick. You know, I mean, it's for me, if somebody's in hospital and they ask me to go and see them, I said, oh, and by the way, I won't be coming for four days. They said, that's too long, I might have died by then. You know? Well, that's what happened to Lazarus. And after four days, he had died. And then Jesus said, it's now time to go and awaken Lazarus from his sleep. See, I believe that God wants to awaken things in you today. And here it says, when there was this delay, delays were are for greater purposes. You see, the reason why Jesus delayed his going was for a greater purpose. What was the greater purpose? So that he might reveal that he was God's son and be glorified through the resurrection. You see, there are times when we think that God must step in to a situation, but God wants to give you a greater revelation in that situation about who he is. See, delay was to make the impossible, what was impossible for Lazarus, possible. What do I mean by that? Well, he could have come and he could have said, well, this was because of the care that was being given to Lazarus. This was because we prayed. This was because we went and sent for Jesus. And so it's all about what we did in order to bring this about. And Jesus delays in coming. Why? Because he's going to make the impossible for Lazarus possible. Is there anyone here this morning, you've got an impossible situation that you're facing? Anyone watching, you've got an impossible situation that you're facing? Well, that's because God is going to make it possible. I want to declare to you this morning, hallelujah, that with God all things are possible. Nothing is impossible for God. It may be impossible for man, but nothing is impossible with God. Listen, if you've got an impossible situation, you need to shout a big hallelujah or give a big clap. You know, because you are in the right place. God is going to show you a way ahead that you've never been down before. And so here, delay makes the possible impossible. Delay makes the probable improbable. 
That is like this, you know, with, with the whole thing with this virus, you know, the probability. Have you heard people saying that, the probability? I was talking to a doctor friend just last week and it says that the, um, the rate of infection in this region had gone up 300%. People, whoa, you know, everybody, everybody in the Dudley area has got coronavirus, you know. And, um, and the thing is, what people tell you is nobody ever tells you what the numbers are. And so I said to him, so what does that mean? It's gone up 300%. And he said, well, it's like this, Trevor. It says one person to get coronavirus has to come in contact with over 10,000 people. You know? But you see percentages, and the percentage could be one person has got it, and a 300% increase, so you work out the math. Can you see? And so often we're being fed all this stuff and we don't know how to process it. You see, here, God is not talking about probability. God is talking about possibility. God is talking about what becomes possible in that realm of faith. Nothing is impossible If you only believe. Do you understand? That's what God wants you to realize today. So what delay is being, what is being delayed in your life? What situation in your life is getting worse? Just think of Lazarus. You know, they send for Jesus. He delays coming. When he gets there, they tell him, listen, it's too late. He's already been dead for four days. We'll get to that in a moment. But he's already been dead four days. It's too late. You delayed coming. Why didn't you come? See, you may be saying, God, why haven't you broken in yet? Why haven't you given me the answers to the things that I've been asking? Why haven't you given me that job? See, what is it that's being delayed in your life? Let me ask you, what has died in your life? Is there anything that's died? Listen to what I found out as I was looking at death. See, death... There has to be, people said that death, you have to look at three different things with regard to death. The first is this, there is a cessation of all bodily functions. That is that you are a hopeless and helpless case. There is nothing that you can do. This is how you define death. Also, there is irreversible cessation of all vital Functions, especially as indicated by permanent stoppage of the heart, the respiratory um, ability, and the brain's activity. The end of life. You are not able to do anything. But the best one is this the irreversible coma or cessation. That is, death is a state in which, on two occasions, 24 hours apart, this was double that. On two occasions, 24 hours apart, there is unreceptivity, unresponsivity to all stimuli. Lack of movement or spontaneous breathing. Lack of reflexes, a flat electrocephalogram and an absence of hypothermia. Listen, you ain't going to do much in that state. Do you understand? At that point, 
You have no ability to do anything. And this was up to 24. Jesus is four days coming. So, I mean, here he's looking at this situation and it is hopeless and helpless. There is nothing that's going to bring this situation around in the natural. And so I'm asking you this morning, you see, what is being delayed? See, when Jesus gets there, they said to him, Jesus, it's too late. Lazarus has already been dead four days and he's stinking. There is a bad odour coming from the place where we put him. Now listen, I've been to what they look at historically as Lazarus' home. And it's in Bethany. Bethany is fragrant. It's the fragrant town. And in Lazarus' home, if it is the real place, you can still see an olive press. Because that's where they pressed the oil in his home. They were sellers of oil. That's why Mary constantly was giving oil and anointing Jesus with oil. Because it was part of what they did as a family. This was a family that was giving fragrance to everyone. She was the one that when she anointed Jesus' feet, the whole of the house was filled with the fragrance. Why? Because she came from the fragrant town and her work was producing oil, producing that that could change atmospheres. Do you understand? Listen, you may have been in that place, but now where you have the ability to change atmospheres, something is changing your atmosphere. See, what about the fragrance of your life? Or what about the odour of death? What about in your place of work? What about your job this morning? Are there situations there where there is just a bad odour? There are bad things going on. I can remember when I was plastering in the building trade. I was doing this work in one, um, over a period of time, the uh, person I was doing some contracting work for said, Trevor, you are one of the best plasterers that I have on my books. A few months later, I go into work. There's the clerk of the works there. There's a big problem. All of the, they call them the, the um, returns on the angles, like when you're looking out of a window, there's the the window casing and all the returns were all in the wrong place and uh, I mean it looked like everything was around if I can put it it was around two centimeters no ten centimeters is that right no two centimeters I'm used to I'm used to inches feet and inches you know if I could say to you it was half an inch out Okay, that's better for me. It was half an inch out. And, um, and so, and they, and they said, look, look, we put the marks down, but you haven't kept to the marks. Now, the thing is this. I distinctly knew that the marks that they had put down on the morning were different from the ones that I worked from the day before. Somebody had gone into work and they had rubbed out the marks 
and put different marks on. And so now everything was out of alignment. Listen, then I went to another job. And again, on the other job, I was working with another group of um, plasterers and I was doing this ceiling. I was in one area and they were in another area. Well, they went to their area and the, it was like the waves of a sea where they had been working. And they said distinctly, even in my presence, this is the area that Trevor was working on. We were working on the other area. Can you see, what happens is, is no matter what you say, it's not believed. And so where there has been such a place of blessing, it becomes odorous. There is a smell that you don't like. You don't want to go back into that place. You don't want to work with those people. You know, there's situations like that. There was another situation of a person who I knew And uh, she had arranged all of this um, great developing project with regard to the homeless. She got it all ready to present to the housing corporation when they came on the Monday morning. Friday night, they went, she put it into the files in her filing cabinet. Went there on Monday morning, no file. Housing corporation came, she went to the files to get it, no file. She lost the ability to go through the research and the development that she'd done. And they said to her, listen, you just need to go back and work on this and present it at another time. And somebody said, oh, but hold on a moment. I think I know exactly what you're talking about and what you're wanting. And he had gone into the file, picked out the file. And he presented her work. Can you see? Things that happen that make things impossible. And what you think is that you can do nothing about it. See, what situations are you in? Those may seem like extreme things, but there are things that people say things that people do. And what happens is it makes a place that was once a fragrance, a place where it no longer is that, and it becomes like a stench and you don't want to go. Listen, many people leave churches because of that. That what they thought was the place that's going to be fragrant, something happens. There is just a relational issue. There is a conflict. We'll come to these things. But what happens is the place where they are. You may be watching this morning and the place that you are, you may be watching and you may be saying, it's great watching online. I have not been to church for five years, 10 years, but I can watch it here because Trevor, you do not realize what happened to me in church. Well, I've got great news for you. Jesus is coming and he wants to awaken something in you this morning. He wants to awaken something here this morning. He wants to do something in you that is impossible for For you to do on your own. For me it was 12 months later. I'm working on a job in Oxford. In fact I was working. I could say I've been to Oxford University. (laughs) That's not that important. Because they say. Oxford University. It's where the cream of the country comes from. Unless you're going to Cambridge. And it's the same there. They say that's where the cream of the country comes from. I looked at what cream means. Cream is, it's the clots that rise to the top first. You know? And so, and so here, 
you know, I was working there, I was walking past, and the person who I'd been contracting to was walking past as well. And he's just started to speak to me. He said, Trevor, he said, uh, listen, I haven't seen you in 12 months. I said, no, I did speak to you. I wrote to you um, explaining my reasons. He said, listen, would you please come back and work with me? You know, I've got work that I know that only you could um, sort out. Would you come back in? And he said, listen, I have gone through what we went through 12, 18 months ago. And, uh, and he said, that wasn't the only job. There were jobs after that that continued to go wrong. And there were people who were always in the midst of it. See, you can't do it yourself. So what about your place? What about, what about your marriage? See, marriages that start wonderfully. People have said, you know, with marriage, you can have a great wedding, but a lousy marriage. You know, you can have a great day, but then within a year, it's a lousy, odorous relationship that you just want out of. You know, and listen, there are things that go on in marriages. There are things, I mean, we've been married now 30, 43 years. Listen, don't you think, don't you think why I've got some lumps on the back of my head? And those are there from me falling off, falling backwards on my chair, thinking, what is happening here? You know, you thought it was the other way around, didn't you? But you see, marriage, and what happens, it becomes death. And when you're in death, you want to get out. I don't want to be around smelly dead bodies, do you? I don't want to be around that which is odorous. And so here can be our marriages. God wants to awaken something. What about our families? You may be watching and you may have families. Your family is all over the place. You may be here. When I was preparing this, I felt there was somebody who was going to be watching. Somebody may be here, but somebody was watching. And you're one of your sons has been involved in crimes. And what you had great hopes for is no longer it's a hopeless situation. Listen, God is able to do the impossible. Make a way where there is no way. We need to start seeing that there is a God who is able to turn things around. Even if you're in a business. Listen, there's all of these areas of our lives where death can creep in. We thought if we'd have only done this, only done this, only done this, it would have righted the situation. And the situation that we're in has not righted, it's got worse. Anybody here this morning where that's happened? You see, and in that situation, you think, God, where are you? And God delays his coming. You see, let me tell you, Jesus, it says, bore their humanity so that he might deliver them from him who has the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who all their lives were in slavery to death because of their fear of death. You see, fear will cause you to withdraw. Fear will cause you not to be able to see the way ahead. You see, let me tell you, it is time 
for an awakening. It's time for resurrection power. It's time for the glory of God to be revealed. And Jesus said, this, why I'm delaying my coming is so that the glory of my relationship with my father, you might just get a glimpse of. You see, a revelation of the son that will set you free. Delay for a new Belief. Delay is so that you can embrace a new truth. I talked about that last week. I talked about the whole thing of we need repentance. Isn't about how many tears you weep. Repentance is about do you take hold of a new truth and in that new truth it changes the way that you think so that you can deal with the pain of your past and then make choices regarding your future. That is repentance. And you may not weep one tear, but you may embrace a new truth that radically changes your life. You see, that's what happens here. God is about to give to Mary and Martha a radical new truth that will transform and change their lives. You see, and here, when what's in front of you eclipses the circumstances of what's behind you, you will always be loosed from the situation that you're in. Let me say that. When what's in front of you is bigger than what's behind you, you will always be loosed from that situation. If you don't believe me, ask David. David, what was in front of him was bigger than what was behind him. And I'm not talking about Goliath. I'm talking about the God of the armies of heaven. Do you understand? That's what I'm talking about. And so this morning, there is something standing in front of Mary and Martha that is bigger than what's behind them. What's behind them? There is a cave and in the cave, there is a man who's been bound up and embalmed and he is dead. What's in front of them? Jesus said to, do you believe? Here it is. Are you going to take on a new belief system? Are you going to change the way that you think? Because if you were to change the way you think, something radical could happen. What is in front of you could change what's behind you. Do you know so many people, they're in pain of the things that's behind them. And Jesus is standing in front of them and he's saying, do you believe this? Do you believe what? He says to Mary, listen to what he says to her. I'm nearly done. It says to her, Lord, Mary said, if you had been here, my brother would have died. But I know even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to you, to her, your brother will rise again. I will make what's in front of you change. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That was her belief. You see, her belief was way up ahead that she couldn't see because of what was tying her to the pain of her past, the Lazarus that was in the tomb. And so here, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, And whoever believes in me will, let me say that again. He who believes in me will live. And even though he dies, 
And Eve, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe that? She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. Here there was a revelation of Jesus that she had never seen before. A a revelation of the resurrected one. A revelation of the one who was bigger than the problem behind her. You see, I want you to know this morning, I want you to know that there is a God who is in front of you that's bigger than what's behind you. I want you to know that there will will be a day when that which is impossible will become possible. Wait, 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 you haven't heard me. There's a day when that which is impossible will become possible. How? Because you believe a different truth. You believe a different story. You believe a different reality. And because of that, you're prepared to turn around and change the way that you think. I believe that he will rise in the resurrection of the last days. Jesus said, but I am the resurrection and I am the life. If you believe in me, even though you die, yet you will live. Your brother will rise again. Jesus wasn't talking future. He was talking present. Why? Because what was there was bigger than what was behind. What was there was bigger than what was in the tomb. Are you with me this morning? And so here, what is in front of you is greater than what's behind you. And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. You see, there is resurrection power. And here, see what the enemy wants to do? He wants to cause you to fear. He wants you He wants to feed unbelief in you. He wants to tie you into your past. He wants to tie you into what is behind you. And Jesus is about to loose that whole situation. And see, do you remember what um, Mary said? I know that God hears you. I know that God will give you whatever you ask. That's a good thing to say. And so here, before Jesus comes up, he has extracted something, he drew something out of it. And that was to believe that God would give him whatever he asked. See, I want you to know this morning that Jesus is interceding for you in that situation. He wants you to realize that he's the one that's in front of you and he's bigger than what the problem behind you. You may think that you've got the problem in front of you, but I want you to know this morning that it's Jesus who is in front of you. He is the only one who can say, I am the resurrection. I am the life. No one else has ever said those statements. You read what all the other sages have said and it's all about self-effort. It's all about self-help. It's all about what you do. It's all about motivating yourself. But Jesus said, listen, even when it's helpless, I'm the one who is helpful. Even when you cannot do it, I am the one who will do that which is impossible. If you would only believe that the one in front of you is bigger than the problem that you've got behind you. Listen, when you have him in front of you, you've already made the decision that the problem is behind you. I have been to their house. If you were looking at their door, you would look out of the door. You would look to the side and there would be the tomb. 
But if you met Jesus as he was coming down the pathway, your back would be to the tomb where Lazarus is laid. And you've got Jesus standing there saying, I am the resurrection and the life. See, when your problem in front of, when the one who's in front of you is bigger than the one, the problem you have behind you, anything can happen. See what's in front of you, the grave and death or the glory and resurrection. See, that's the issue this morning. You see, what's in front of you, Jesus or Lazarus? You see, so often we can make our Lazaruses so big. Oh, Jesus, if you had only been here, he wouldn't have died. We could make our problems so big and even want to put it on to other people. Want to make them the reason why the situation got worse. If only you'd been here. I mean, what about us? So often we say, if only, if only, if only. How many times have you said, oh, if only I hadn't have done, oh, if only I hadn't have made that decision. If only I hadn't have reacted emotionally the way that I did. And so we live on the if onlys. You see, if only you'd been here, what's that? It's ridding themselves of any element of involvement in the problem. And it's saying that Jesus, if you'd have been here, he would have lived. He could have been healed. Jesus said, I'm not here as healer. I'm here as the resurrection and the life. That's the difference. You see, Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. See, God wants us to know the power of resurrection. And what does he say? Father, I know you hear me all the time. Yet not for me, but for those standing around. Who's standing around? Mary and Martha. But for those standing around, and then he called out with a loud voice. Many people have said the reason why he gave the name Lazarus, because he only said Lazarus, everybody would have come. But he focused in on Lazarus because that was where faith was rising. Jesus, I believe that you are bigger than my problem. And my problem is death, but I believe that you're resurrection life. And so with that, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out of that tomb. Listen, It is a hard place to get out of. I tried to get in when I went to um, Bethany. I tried to get in. Listen, there is a little hole around that size and you have to go down steps to there and then there's steps the other side and then you walk across a little way, probably about this far and then you have this bench, stone bench, where he would have been laid. So when Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, he's already off the bench and he is moving his way. I do not know how we get, got up and through the entrance to the tomb. But as he came out, Jesus says, now untie him and let him loose. You see, there can be lots of things that the enemy binds us up with. And every time you see death is just the inability to communicate. You can be dead to sound because you can't hear. God is going to hear, heal people with deafness or give life where there's death in our hearing. People who are blind, they are, they are dead to the visual. They can't see. 
people who have an ability. One of the things with this virus is people smell and their taste. Dead to smell and taste. See, God breathes life back into us. In every area of our lives, there's not an area where the resurrected Jesus cannot get into. And so here, remember the woman in Luke 13, I'm nearly done. The woman in Luke 13, what happened? It says there that there was a woman who had been bent over for 18 years. Bound. And Jesus, when they said to him, why have you let this woman free it's Sunday don't you know you shouldn't be doing stuff on Sunday you know and Jesus said this woman whom Satan has bound 14 years has been loosed see whether it's four days or sorry 18 years it doesn't make any difference the one who's able to loose is the one who brings life where there's no life and so for you and for me today I believe that Jesus wants to be the resurrection and the life. Untie him and let him loose. See, what they had to do was to act upon the new truth. They needed to make a decision. They needed to make a decision of action based upon the new belief. I don't know whether they'd seen him that yet, whether Jesus was standing at the entrance But he was not going to lose him. He was going to say to them, now are you prepared to step out on the faith that you have? On this new truth. If you're prepared to step out on this new truth that you've received, that I'm the resurrection and the life, then go and let him loose. And go and untie him. You see, God is about to untie things that have bound you up. Hallelujah. Whatever it is. I want you to stand as I pray for you this morning. See, and I want to ask you this morning, who will untie you? See, I know that Jesus speaks the word, but sometimes we need someone to help us. Here it was. Listen to what it says here. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Who did he say it to? It could have been Mary and Martha. It could have been his disciples, but there was a group that is not named. But somebody responded to the truth that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. I want to pray for you this morning. Put your hand on your heart, can you? I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what situation that you're in, but I know this message was for someone that God was about to untie. God was about to bring resurrection life into that which had died. God was about to remove the odor of death so that your life, my life, so that your family, your place of work, your business could become a place of fragrance once again. And I believe that we've got a God who's going to do that. And as you put your hand on your heart this morning, I want you to see the resurrected Jesus. He is alive. He is alive and he's here. He is alive and he wants to touch your life. Some people say, I won't, I won't believe unless I see. No, you can't believe until, you can't see until you believe. If you would believe this word this morning, I believe that you would have such a revelation of the resurrected one, Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God. That's what resurrection was all about, that they might believe and they might see his glory. So this morning, Father, I ask that you would remove every lie of the enemy. 
that says that our situation is impossible, it cannot be changed, that would remove, Father, from us the pain that's tied us to our past, the things, Father, that we saw that were odious in our lives, the things, Father, that were difficult, that we walked away from. Father, I pray this morning that the one who is Jesus, the resurrection and the life, would come and stand in front of every person here by faith. Lord, you said, if you believe, you would see. Father, I ask that every person here, every person watching, would see that you are bigger than the problem that is behind them and that you would lead them into life, the way ahead. Going down a road that we've never been down before, going down that road of resurrection life where even though things have died, they could be brought back to life. Father, I pray that for everyone here today. Father, give them repentance by this truth, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. It is great to have you with us this morning.